0: Welcome to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. Today, I have a special guest on the show, Mr. Peter Schull. He's the business development director of Patriot Family Homes. Uh, they have over 200 units under management. So, very, very sizable and successful company and we're going to talk about how to market to military families on Airbnb which is how Petri's Family Homes got started they've now expanded but um but yeah we got a little into that but uh, Peter welcome to the show
1: well thank you it's uh, it's a pleasure to be here and i'm excited and uh, just like to say thank you for what you're doing for for folks out there who are trying to get into this industry and understand how to you know market their own home and and get things started
0: yeah yeah absolutely I'm excited to, uh, to learn about your, your business because um, I think it's a really interesting niche, marketing to military families. You guys are helping a lot of uh, military personnel who own homes uh, to manage those on, on Airbnb. And you've grown over to over 200 units. So that's a, that's a, that's a sizable uh, organization. Um, but let's, uh, let's go back to when you guys got started. Like how, did you, how did you get into the, the military family niche?
1: Yeah, that it is a really interesting story. Uh, You know, it didn't start with me. It actually started with, you know, while I was on active duty, there was a a young man named Joe Riley that used to work with me. And uh, he started off with his own home. And of course, you know, we lived around a military base there. And uh, he had a a very uh, lovely wife and very forgiving wife who was willing to kind of work with him on this endeavor. But they ended up Using their own home. Um, They started off with one bedroom, but then grew into using their own home to rent it out in a a military market. And he grew from that one bedroom to then going to his own home and then determining that there was a, a huge requirement in and around military bases for short term rentals. And from there, he grew to 20. And then the next year, he grew to 50. And then this year, which is our third year, He's grown to over 200 doors under management, and we're looking to put another 300 or up to 330 in service within the next couple of months. So, you know, for any of your viewers out there who are like, well, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. I tell you, it is very possible. Um, I was kind of watching this young man uh, on this endeavor. I wasn't completely sold on the idea myself. Uh, I didn't think that he was going to be able to do it, but there is such a strong requirement for short-term rentals. Mm-hmm. And as you well know, the, the returns are double to triple of what you can get on long terms. And that really helps you, you know, capitalize very quickly and then use smart leverage to, to grow. So that's really where it started. I would add to it that, you know, in the military market that we were in, the CEO Joe Riley happened to to be at, at a a certain post where we had a lot of graduation ceremonies for initial entry uh, into the military so there was a lot of friends and family that wanted to come and, and visit the graduation ceremony so that kind of added to the requirement for those short term rentals in Columbus Georgia
0: what are some of the special needs or specific needs of uh, of this this guest avatar
1: yeah well you know i don't know that there's necessarily you know, a significant departure from what you're going to face in other markets. But I think the thing that that made us kind of, you know, a little bit uniquely, you know, able to interact with the guests is that, you know, we're all veterans uh, ourselves or we employ predominantly spouses of veterans. So they they kind of understand the lifestyle. They, you know, they, they understand the speak, if you will, the jargon that comes with uh, working inside of the military. And I think that that, that actually, you know, allowed the interaction with, with the uh, the guests to be much more free-flowing and a little bit more inviting, I would say. You know, the other thing is, I think that there's a, a certain level of empathy that comes with our team being predominantly military to understand, you know, what it means to, to, to come and, and move, you know, see your loved one graduating from the military, but also just in general, being very nomadic ourselves in the military. I mean, we move around every you know, one to two years. And so, you know, there's a lot of understanding with, with our team and you know, what it's like to be away from home and, and kind of want some of those amenities and whatnot to, yeah. um, to be able to be comfortable while you're away. Yeah. Yeah. It
0: reminds me, I interviewed somebody who told me that, uh, over 80% of people in the U S prefer to do business with a, a business or a person that shares their, their values. Right. So
1: right. yeah. And I'll tell you that, you know, one of the things why I decided to ultimately come and work with Joe Riley and the and the greater team is because, you know, they, you know, I feel as though I'm plugging right into, you know, what I left in the military. And you know, and it does, I think to your point, goes back to those, you know, those shared values and um, you know, the the ability to kind of trust a little bit more, uh, more readily as you come into that environment. Right.
0: Yeah. So one one thing I'd love to talk about is so, you know since you guys are uh, have grown so so large and you're you know you're finding new properties all the time that's a challenge that a lot of our, our listeners have as they want to grow but they don't know how to find new properties so I'd love to love to pick your brain a bit like how do, what's what's your strategy when it comes to business development like how do you find these new units
1: yeah well a lot of it is is cold calling you know we work with we employ a lot of know we just reach out and we find agents who are willing to work with us in these uh, various markets that we're either in or we want to go into um we establish that relationship and you know we work with them to 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 send us leads and um it's worked out very very well Uh, i would also kind of plug in there that we provide a service for those that want to put their homes into management with us uh, free of charge, as we're going out and we're finding homes, as we put them under contract. Um, if we have the right paperwork from from clients, we can go ahead and we can pass those properties to our clients uh, if they choose to do that. But in terms of you know, like our strategy has not been to rush into the traditional vacation markets, right? We've kind of found this niche for what we call the utility property. Uh, so we're going into probably you know a lot of markets that people wouldn't think to go into. Like Columbus, Georgia, to start with, Athens, Georgia, um, Mobile, Alabama, Montgomery, Alabama, Huntsville, Luray, Virginia. We've gone into a lot of these areas, uh, Columbia, South Carolina, places where you know folks would think that maybe there isn't as strong a requirement for the short-term rentals, but we found that that is just simply not true. There is a uh, there is a, a strong trend toward this. Sort of, you know, kind of traveling. I mean, it's not just in vacation markets. I think people desire to be able to pull up into a driveway, not have to walk by check out or check in, and you know, immediately go into their home and have those amenities immediately available uh, so that they can start plugging in. Mm-hmm. I also think that the other piece to that is that you know, potentially, you know, as people are more and more people are working from home uh, as they go out on the road, they can take work with them. So um, there's a strong requirement, and I would i guess you know to to kind of wrap it up i would say that you know we aren't just focused in the larger markets we're looking in those those smaller niche markets right of course i think you've covered this probably in 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 previous podcasts and in your book uh you know one of the first things that that we generally look for is the neighborhood we don't want it to be you know too nice if you will uh we won't we don't want it to be in a in a bad area Then we also look for, you know, those traditional things like off street parking. Does it have a fenced backyard? Because if you think about it, a lot of folks who are traveling and on the road may want to bring their pet with them, you know, or their children. And they want to be able to let them go out in an environment where they don't have to be watched as closely in a fenced backyard would do that. And then inside the home, we're looking for areas, you know, that, that people can gather, you know, large living rooms are kind of nice. You know, more bathrooms, you know, higher ratio of bathrooms to to bedrooms are good, too. Um, And so those are the sorts of things that we're we're kind of looking for as we go in and, and we're trying to find homes that we think will perform well. Yeah, you make a really good point
0: because people tend to think that Airbnb can only be strong in either the big cities or, you know, catering to tourists in traditional vacation rental markets. But there's a wide range of reasons why people stay at Airbnbs, right? It's it could be like Absolutely. construction workers, like Re- houses, yeah. like there's so many different reasons why people why people travel or move. And especially now, and you mentioned this, um, now that people are so flexible when it comes to their location, I think you're right on like those markets are are gonna do really well. And the other side of that story is. You're probably not going to have as many challenges when it comes to regulations. And number two, your competitors might not be as professional as well in those markets, I
1: imagine. Right, right. Great points. You know, one I want to circle back to, you mentioned the construction worker. We do get a lot of of folks who are, you know, on contracts and, and just going into a city for a particular job. And then they're going to be, they're going to be gone. And it's uh, so much more convenient for them to, again, pull up into a driveway and immediately go into their home, get done what they have to do, and then, you know, and then depart. But, you know, have you ever been to a hotel late at night as you're trying to check in? And you'll notice that there's a lot of, you know, different types of construction workers that are staying at those hotels. It used to amaze me how quickly the parking lots fill up at that, you know, that magic time of about, you know, uh, 7 p.m. at night. And then in the morning, they're gone. Uh, they're back out and the, and they're on the road. Um, so yeah, there's all kinds of reason. You know, I would say too, Jasper. What we've realized is that the requirement across the board for short-term rentals is huge, and it's. I don't think that it's it's not getting smaller. I think it's getting bigger. Mm-hmm. Right. The challenges in that for us at least is inventory. There there simply isn't. I mean, we would buy more homes if we could, but right now. You know, there just isn't the inventory in the areas that we need it.
0: hmm Yeah. Is your model to find people who want to buy a home and then help them with the purchase and then include the,
1: the Airbnb's management service in that deal? We do provide that. We can do that. But And let me step back, you know, in terms of the evolution of the company. It started off with all owned properties. And then when capital... You know, when we couldn't find as much capital, then we started looking for rental arbitrage, okay? Which, you know, I think most folks understand that, but that's simply going out, finding a landlord that is okay with you subleasing it as a short-term rental. And then as we started to do that, uh, we brought on quite a few of, of those sorts of properties, but then the landlord started coming back to us saying, well, why don't you just manage the property for us? And so that's how we we spun off into the management and now as we've, you know, we've been going, you know, just over a year on the management side, uh, we've got a lot of the original clients that have been cash flowing their home. They can show that as income now, very strong income. They can go back now and they can get additional leverage and they're interested in, in finding another home. The great thing about working with us is that, you know, a lot of our clients are predominantly military. Uh, so it's, you know, naturally we kind of plug in and go back to that shared value sort of thing. But you know, we're going out and we're buying the homes, and then we're putting them under contract as though we're going to purchase them. And so it becomes an opportunity for our managed clients to come on board and take those properties to closing. Okay, mm-hmm. there's a lot of paperwork we well not a lot, but there's paperwork we need to do you know uh, ahead of time, uh, proof of funds, and those sorts of things to be able to pass off those properties rapidly. Um, but yeah, that is a part of our model. That is something that that we're growing toward. The other aspect of this that I would encourage, and you may even, I don't know if you've done a podcast on it, but you know the, the tax benefits of, of the short-term rentals, that is huge. And that is something that we're starting to learn a lot about. We just recently uh, helped an investor who went through a liquidity event and through cost segregation studies and, and all of this, potentially we'll pay no taxes on those capital gains for this year. So that's something else we want to be able to offer in the future As an opportunity. Yeah, that's a that's an
0: interesting topic. That would be a whole new podcast. Oh, yeah,
1: right. Maybe a whole branch and sequence of podcasts.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Due to COVID, it's now more important than ever that your guests actually read your house rules and check-in instructions. And there's no better way to deliver that information than by using an online hostfully guidebook. You can build your guidebook in just a few hours and simply include a link to your guidebook in your welcome email. Your guests can access it on desktop, on mobile, and they can even print it out. As a result, you look super professional. Your guests have a better experience as they don't have to read through endless paragraphs of text. Instead, they can go through a nice-looking guidebook with lots of visuals. That means fewer questions for you, more time for you to focus on other areas of your hosting business. Sign up now at hostfully.com and use code PAD. get your first two months for free that's hostfully.com h-o-s-t-f-u-l-l-y.com code pad which is p-a-d so i want to dive a little bit into the actual management of of all these units because you know when you have over 200 units i imagine you guys have your systems dialed in i guess you have your teams dialed in can you touch a little bit on like how do you how do you manage that many units as a as a business
1: right so the way that i would break it down is into two parts and you know you've got the digital side and i'd really probably put our communications in there as well and then you've got what i just simply call the ground game your operations you know where the rubber meets the road which is i look at those two you know your digital and then your your uh, ground team i would say that ultimately you know, satisfaction from the guest is going to be determined by your ground team, and just to, to add a little bit more, you know, fidelity to that, uh, your ground team is really your market manager, if you will, your GM, or someone that you have on the ground that's providing overall supervision. And then you have your housekeepers. Uh, you know, next to that, you have your folks, you know, groundskeeper, lawn care. Beyond that, now you're starting to talk about potentially handyman, and then you start getting into your technicians. Your HVAC, your plumbing, your electrical. Okay. As we are, you know, we're still developing that side. You know, as the market grows, you know, we're growing with that and we're starting to, you know, develop and get better and stronger at those processes. But for me, it's a less controlled environment and it's, it's more, much more difficult when you're, you're talking, you know, at the scale that we are. Even if you just look at one particular market, let alone adding, you know, where it, 25 plus markets right now. So we have an operations director who is overall uh, looking at this and kind of, you know, trying different systems and different models. Um, you know, some of the things that, that we have, have recently tried implementing is, you know, with our housekeepers finding, you know, maybe a ratio for our housekeeper to the number of homes that, that we have under management. We're also noticing that, you know, there's a system and procedure for owned homes because you can move much more quickly. And then there's a system and procedure for managed homes where, you know, now you have a property owner and there needs to be potentially some interaction, especially when you're talking about the plumber and the, you know, HVAC, you know, there's got to be interaction in working with your property owners to make sure that, you know, things are being done in the way that the property owner wants them, not necessarily that you would do them. So, yeah, it is definitely more challenging with the ground game. On the digital side, I'm very proud of what our team has done. You know, there's a whole host of different uh, software platforms that we've we've brought to bear to the, the problem of managing homes. Uh, you know, everything from, you know, Expensify, Zemplify, Bill.com, our Guesty. We use Guesty platform as a free plug for them as well. And then, you know, we use a, a pricing software uh, as well. And then, you know, I also kind of like on our digital side, our, our guest communications is kind of where I put that as well, because that's something that we can centrally manage. And I would tell you of all the things that I think is important in anyone's operation, the guest interaction is kind of a make or break. And, you know, I don't know what your opinion on that is, but just in my, my short term of, of watching things unfold in terms of the guest interaction, uh, I would tell you this. You could have the most beautiful home in the world. And if the guest interaction is fumbled and not done properly, you will get a one-star review. Yeah. That is that is just it. So what's beautiful about the operation that we have is you know, again, we're employing a lot of military spouses who, you know, just bring a tremendous amount of, of talent to this operation. They're very articulate individuals, you know, they're very empathetic. Again, they're you know, they've lived the nomadic lifestyle. So they know what it's like to, you know, do a permanent change of station and have to go and, and and live like that. So they're just phenomenal at engaging with a guest who is potentially not very happy and turning that situation around. And so on the flip side of hey, you can have the best home, you can also have a home that's okay, maybe not great, maybe a utility property. And if your guest engagement is on target, you're going to get a five star review and you'll get a five-star review every single time. Um, I've noticed that some of our market managers who do better than others, you know, it's not really dependent upon the actual properties themselves, but it's dependent upon the interaction of that market manager with those guests. Yeah. So and I, I think that's probably a nugget right there.
0: Yeah, I think that's spot on. The way I like to think about it is you wouldn't leave a bad review for a friend. So mm. if you're making friends with your guests you know, then that's right. uh,
1: They're going to be forgiving. Right. And, and, and oh, by the way, don't wait until the end of the stay to make that friendship. You know, we, our guest communication works with, you know, we have live interaction. We do have some embedded um, messaging that goes out through text, but we do have our communication folks. If there's going to be an issue at the home and we know that ahead of time, our team is going to reach out to that guest and say, hey, we had a small issue. We're still working through it right now. You know, We hope it's not an inconvenience, so on and so forth. And then also too, with market managers potentially checking in with guests, maybe even in homes, you know, you're prioritizing. We've got some, some markets, we've got up to 30 homes. If they're prioritizing those engagements in the areas where they think they might have some issues, it's always good to kind of check in and make sure that everything's going. Even if it's not in person, even if it's just a quick text to say, Hey, how is your stay? Because that at least gives the guest an opportunity to engage and say, "Hey, this is my issue," and yeah. then that turns into an opportunity for you.
0: Because mm-hmm. if
1: you can take that issue and you can quickly remedy it, it's as though it never even happened. In fact, you know, it may take you from you know a three star to a five, uh, five star.
0: One hundred percent. Like you don't want to you don't want to hear about the feedback in the reviews. You want to hear it while they're still staying there, so you can. Right. And yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, uh, on point last thing I want to, I want to I wanna touch on is, you know, I like how you broke down the operations, right. With the, with the on the ground versus the online part. What I'm thinking is you're in 25 markets, right? I, I understand that like, if you have like 10 or 15 homes. You can have your you know your in-house cleaners and you can have your your handyman and your all those all those people, but how do you how do you move into a new market? Let's say you only have like one or two properties there. yeah, how do you manage that when you're still small in a market?
1: Yeah, so I guess the short answer is carefully, but really, the way that we've approached it is we've understood that. We have an operations department. We have a business development. Business development really is engaging with potential clients, bringing them on board, and then handing them off to the operations, right? When we're talking about a new market, though, I become responsible for that because it is such a small market. It has to be set up and created by the business development side of the house. So, you know, I'm pulling and drawing off of a lot of my colleagues to help with this, but the expectation is until it reaches a certain level, maybe five to 10 homes, really it's going to be in business development. And so from, you know, span of control, I'm really not trying to create more than maybe two or three new markets at a time. So until those kind of, or we decide that, Hey, look, this market probably isn't going to, to work out. Um, we may decide to to hand that off and conclude and, and 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 separate, or we're successful and we're adding additional managed clients there, and then we can we can do a warm handoff to our operations. That is kind of what we've come to, in terms of how we're going to enter into the market. But again, I'll, I'll go back to the the requirement out there is just through the roof. I mean, people are traveling and they're looking for Airbnbs everywhere, and so. Number one is, is it available? <laughs> right. And if it's not available in that market, you know, then it may be somewhere that, you know, you want to try it out and see what happens. But if you're, you know, I, in looking at through it, you know, from someone who's just starting out, you know, I would say that maybe even, you know, the way that Joe Riley started his company, he used his own home to test the market out. And then once he got that market feedback that was overwhelming, I mean, he wanted to try to do long-term, but the requirement for short, he couldn't, he couldn't get people to stop asking about short-term rentals. And um, I think that if you're able to go in and kind of test the market out, so to speak, then you can, you can figure out what the, what the revenues look like. And then from there, you can decide how much capital you want to kind of put into that particular market. But the toughest part of any market is always going to be you know, as we look at the two parts there, the the digital or the online and the ground game, it's always going to be the ground game. Yep. Finding good quality, dependable people that you can trust.
0: That, yeah, 100%. Right. And uh, so so what's your number one tip for people who are listening and they want to move into a new market? Like, how, how do you find that qualified staff members in, a, in the new market?
1: Yeah. But, you know, unfortunately, I think there's going to be a lot of trial and error, but you have to do, I would tell you that you need to do personal interviews and you need to interview is where it's going to happen and then i would also encourage you know if you're if it's you know just you and your wife they're trying it out interview them separately you know ask them a whole host of questions don't bias one another interview two three four people and then uh maybe you bring in a third person as kind of the tiebreaker have them all kind of do interviews and then based upon that make your selection and then at the end of the day, you've got a short list of other qualified candidates that you can move to, right? I think that the other difficult part that you're going to need to, to figure out is, you know, how, how are you going to pay bill? How are you going to, you know, implement, you know, because a lot of people who are working for minimum wage, which is, you know, what you'll, you'd be employing labor force, you know, they, uh, they can't wait. Uh, so you're going to have to figure out a, a system for immediate payment, maybe as a smaller um more agile organization that's easier, but certainly when you grow to our scale, it becomes more complicated. Mm. That would definitely be something. I mean, you know, ultimately people are coming there to get compensated. So you're going to have to think through that. And that's certainly something that you don't want to mess up. And then also, you know, just I guess to add to that, when you do hire someone that is good, you've got to think about how are you incentivizing them to do great work and to continue to do great work. Because it's going to get monotonous, you know. I think that, you know, you've got to learn how to get buy-in from them. You know, maybe you're going to grow the operation, and you, you know, hopefully you can get to two homes. And if you can get this one to, to cash flow, we can get a second home, and we'll bring you on for that one as well. And then you also have to make them feel a part of the team. When they give you feedback, you have got to listen, and then you know, to the best of your ability, you've got to take action in little things like, you know, if they come to you, two or three times, and they're telling you about, you know the broken door or whatever the case may be, the maintenance fault that they keep identifying to you and you're not doing anything about it. That is, you know, that's not going to serve you well and it won't incentivize them. They want to know that they're a part of something that's moving forward. Okay. Not something that's just cash flowing to someone else's pocket.
0: Yeah. That's great advice. Uh, I want to show you a book. I'm curious if you've read it. It's, it's right behind me. I'm going to, have you read this book?
1: I have not read that one. Now I'm from the, you know, I was in the army. So, you know, it'd be a little bit, uh, difficult for me to, to pick up a, a book written by a Navy seal, but no, I have heard some good, I've heard some good things about it.
0: Yeah. This but, is, uh, this is what I think this is one of my favorite books, uh, extreme ownership for the people that are listening and not watching the YouTube video. Uh, I, I just picked up my copy of extreme ownership. And if you've been on our email list, then uh, you've probably heard us talk about it. But this has been one of the biggest, the most impactful books that I've read read, uh, when it comes to business. I'm not familiar with the military so much because I'm from Holland. I mean, we might have like one plane and (laughs) two tanks.
1: (laughs) It's okay. That's okay.
0: We just hope that nobody messes with us. And if they do, we just hope that you guys come and save us. Right, right. Uh, Once at least. But yeah, I think this that book is uh, I was just curious if you read it because uh that's had a massive impact on our business and the way we run it and the way we take responsibility for mm-hmm. you know the work that we're doing and uh yeah, so great book, highly recommend it.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, being in the military, it's kind of a petri dish of leadership, right? Because there's a you're given you know plenty of opportunity to fail. Um I hate to say it like that, but through, through growing up in the military, you're given leadership positions, you know, time and time again and opportunities to go out and, and do great things. It's amazing some of the people that I've worked with and served with and how they've matured over the years into just incredibly high performing people because they've, you know, just continued to keep at it. And, you know, the leadership lessons that that I've I've learned in 28 years of military experience you know I'll take with me for the rest of my life I hope they serve me well I think they will I think they translate very well into business you know even just like one of the things that we were just kind of touching on right there about you know how do you motivate and find good quality people well you know one of the things that I've learned in the military is that unless you give someone like complete ownership of a problem you will not get innovation right and that is so easy to say but hard to do in practice especially when it's your operation and now you're, you're you're kind of abdicating kind of you know running of the house or how the house is taken care of or whatever the case may be but you might be surprised that over time you end up developing you know someone that's working with you that turns into be a a high-performing individual and, and thinks through problems and solves them much better than you ever would have, especially as your operations are growing.
0: Awesome! Well, uh, thank you so much for for your time. It's really uh, really interesting to to chat with you. Uh, and before we wrap up, would you let the people that are listening know where they can find your your homes, and also yeah. for property owners who might be interested in working with you.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it would be a a great, you know, as you think about someone who's coming in for the first time, you don't have a whole lot of money to get started. So you probably want to run the business yourself, right? You want to try to maximize your returns. Uh, And then as you grow, you may not want to uh, quite deal with all the hassles that comes from, you know. So, you know, I think we'd be a good option there. uh, We are as far west as Texas. We're in San Antonio, uh, we're, we are in the Dallas area. We haven't purchased any homes or started, but we have uh, folks that are uh, in Dallas. Uh, we're in Jackson, Mississippi. We are in Mobile, Alabama, all through Alabama, uh, all through Georgia. Uh, we are in North Carolina. We go as far up as the Poconos. Again, we've kind of concentrated in and around the military bases, Columbia, South Carolina, uh, Columbus, Georgia, uh, some of those areas, Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Um, but if anyone is interested, you know, especially military folks, we love working with with veterans. But, you know, anybody who's interested in getting into real estate, uh, you can find us at www.patriotfamilyhomes. That is with an S right there. Or uh, feel free to engage with me at peter.sholl, S-H-U-L-L, at patriotfamilyhomes.com. Or even uh, you could, uh, you know, give me a call uh, at 423-210-4431. Awesome. Sweet. Well, I had a look at your website. Looks uh, looks great.
0: So I highly recommend if you want to stay at one of their homes, uh, PatriotFamilyHomes.com is uh, is the place to be. So with that said uh, peter thank you for your time
1: yeah thank yeah. you Jen.
0: for all the listeners thank you for listening and we'll be eric and i will be back on friday with another episode so until then get
1: paid for your pet get 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 paid for your pet get
0: If you have over 30 units, you have an annual revenue of over $2 million, or you operate boutique hotels, then the SDR Legend Mastermind is for you. You are not alone. We have a group of over 30 high-level entrepreneurs in our mastermind, and we get together on a weekly basis to discuss our biggest challenges and to learn and to grow together. Go to strlegends.com to find out more information and apply for the Legends Mastermind if you think you are a good fit.